Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Workprint Podcast covering Moon Knight Episode 2. I'm your host, Christian, and with me today are three lovely authors who've been on the show before. Uh, I guess we'll start with introductions. Victor? Good evening from the Fist of Khonshu. Hope all is well. <laughs> Mary? Hi, I'm Mary. I write sci-fi and fantasy, and I have never read the Moon Knight comics, but I think Victor has, so hopefully he'll be able to uh, enlighten us there. Perfect. And uh, Carissa? Hey, I'm Carissa. I also write science fiction and fantasy, and um, I don't, I don't know anything about Moon Knight either. But I am a fan so far. <laughs> and um, yeah, like uh, for what it is, I do like it as well. Um, and I, I don't think any of us really, well, except Victor, really knew anything about this. So yeah, DID. And superheroes and a lot of Batmanisms with gods. Uh, all right. So first and foremost, what were everyone's thoughts on uh, episode two, this exposition-filled suit episode? Well, I my uh, hypothesis appeared to be true in some sense that I, I said at the beginning of the episode that I'd heard a lot of, uh, I don't know, fuss about uh oscar isaac's accent and i'd seen some tweets about it and people kind of giving him a hard time about it and i laughed because i kind of thought that was the point that it was supposed to be a bad british accent because it was a persona and that's not who he really is and so i think tonight we learn more about that and it, i think my hypothesis was fairly correct um I don't know if it's a persona or a split personality or quite what's going on, but, um, but oh, what's your hypothesis? Well, like I said, I, 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 I didn't know how aware he was of the Mark half of himself or, you know, if it was just like a psychotic break or if he was com just completely pretending to be somebody else. Um, but I just figured the whole Brit the bad British accent thing was because he's not really British, and we're not <laughs> we're not supposed to really think he is. So I was okay with it, and I think tonight I felt a little vindicated. I totally agree with you, and yeah. I love uh, it. Just goes to show like Oscar Isaac's range, uh, Oscar <laughs> Isaac's range, because like yeah, it's fantastic with the uh, with the British accent back and forth and the dual personalities, <laughs> and their voices are so distinct. Uh, Victor or Mary, do you guys have any thoughts? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a, a big thing this week, is that we kind of revealed that he's not really British, so that the accent makes more sense in that respect, even though the accent is very charming, because it is Oscar Isaac doing it, and it can't help but be charming. Um, yeah, I have read, I, I was going to say, I read 500 pages of Moon Knight comics that I got at Christmas, specifically to get ready for the series, and I would like to say that almost none of that has been relevant so far to the series, so don't worry, Carissa and Mary, you're not missing out on anything from the comics thus far. They didn't even get into the Egypt stuff until, like, 1980 and the third revision of his origin story. Um, so you're safe on that count. But so far, yes, I'm enjoying it very much. I love the uh, 
Oscar Isaac performance that's anchoring this, and the hints we're getting as you go along are also very fun to look and kind of discover. Um, and I like the ending of it so far, where it seems to be that we flipped uh, from Mark to uh, from Stephen to Mark, and now Stephen's kind of trapped inside. And we're going to see how that progresses in the next episode or two, I would think. And that's uh, very interesting so far. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised because I actually was not looking forward to this series because the trailer confused me. Um, and so I was like, okay, it's Oscar, Isaac, and it's Marvel. I kind of feel like I have to watch it. You know, you guys all wanted to watch it. And I was complaining that, you know, sometimes these Marvel shows can start to feel like homework. Like, you know, they just, there's just always something to watch and kind of feel like you have no choice but to watch it if you want to participate in geek culture. So I'm actually, like, pleasantly surprised because I'm actually enjoying it a lot, especially Oscar Isaac's performance. He's really fantastic with the two different personas. I mean, especially as Steven, how he plays this kind of dork character who is absolutely hilarious without like I, Oscar means to be hilarious but Steven doesn't mean to be which just makes him even funnier um, and there have been some really great action shots too um, especially in this episode with the chase across the roof it was really wonderful to watch and it looked kind of like something out of comic book yeah I completely agree Mary that's something even though I've liked every Marvel series so far you're right that it feels like if you don't watch this Marvel series, you won't be able to understand the next Marvel movie and they kind of feed back on each other that way. And this is something you can go into pretty much completely cold and not know any other Marvel thing, at least so far. Watch me eat my words next week and, you know, we have Thanos pop in or something. Who knows? But for now, yes, you don't have to know any other Marvel lore or any other Marvel backstory. It's just this series can stand alone and it's a good entry point for someone who doesn't want to watch 25 movies to get up to speed on what's going on and completely agree that Steven is really funny in a way I didn't expect this series to be so far. So yeah, completely agree with you on those points. Yeah, totally. Um, so in terms of the uh, this episode in particular, um, there's a lot of things introduced, a lot of exposition in particular. Um, what are some of your favorite uh, parts regarding the Mark and Stevens uh, back and forth. It's like the little bantering, the little conflict that they've developed so far in the show, particularly in this episode. I really like them when um, Steven says something like, oh, you know, you're, you handsome devil or something to that effect. You know, of course, talking to his own reflection, I thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> I will say, even though this uh, episode was filled with exposition, I feel like exposition has become one of those things that people have just been so trained to dislike that there's like this knee-jerk reaction, like, oh, it's exposition, that means it's poorly written. But I don't think that's true. Sometimes you need exposition because otherwise your audience is just going to get lost. Either that or it's going to take you 18 million episodes to fill them in, and who has time for that? So I really didn't mind the exposition in this episode because there is so much going on with Steven and Mark and Layla and you know those weird cult people following Ethan Hawke around and Egyptian gods. Oh my god, they packed a lot into this episode. So thank goodness they just stepped back and explained a few things to us. I was going to say the same thing. I agree, Mary. I was just, sometimes a little exposition is okay. Huh. I mean, and, and with all things, there's good and there's bad. You can do it well, you can do it poorly. Um, you know, I think they did a good job of uh, keeping the flow. It didn't really mess with the pace. It was, to me... Um, just a little bit that you needed to know to move on to the next thing. It wasn't a long, weighty, you know, shift in tone, shift in pace, shift in style. It was just like, you really need to know this information and we're going to shoot it at you real quick. And then we're going to move on back to the action and back to 
you know, the immersion stuff, I thought they handled it well. And I'm with you. Sometimes it just, you just need it. But it just has to be balanced. It has to be, you know, finessed. And I, I think that they did a good job with that. Yeah, just to tag up on that, Carissa, we all watched Eternals together. And I think we'd all agree that was a whole ton of exposition and it was not done very well. It was just reams and reams of info pouring at you and like you trying to catch up with what was supposed to be happening in that show. Whereas this seems to be much more giving you what you need at the moment and then letting you string you along a little bit and giving you some more things to get you a little more filled in and not giving it to you all at once in one big massive dump, but just kind of like giving you a little here and then feeding you information like, oh, and Mark Spector was grave robbing in Egypt and oh, and then this happened and it kind of feeds into each other naturally. And then it gets into a really cool fight scene with, you know, running on the rooftops in that in the cool Moon Knight costume. So that's a, that's an exciting, fun thing to have. Totally. Um, if you read my review, the only th- the only thing I was critical of was the amount of information uh, delivered. And it's mo- it's not because I don't like the show because I actually do like a lot of what's happening so far. I personally just wish that there were uh, multiple uh, episodes uh, in the sense that it was divided a little bit in like two, because uh, while I do like this for the most part, uh, I just, I I want more content uh, spread throughout a little bit. I just want a little bit of breathing room, but also maybe I'm just tired because I review a lot of stuff on a daily basis. I do Uh, want to point out that you are talking to three writers of speculative fiction novels, so we might have a slightly different perspective. (laughs) <laughs> that's true um that, well, yeah the for the for uh, what's the word the um the formula and the structures are different it's just for this it was like okay that was a lot for me at, at first and then it was like okay here's how you know country works here here's my past with you know with the ethan hawk storyline then here was like another thing and then coincidentally oh while we're here another thing and it was it was it was just a lot for me to take in at once but like i also realized that it was a wednesday night the episode was out for like over 12 hours and i had to get a review on time before the day ended so i was like all right i have an hour and a half to say something about what i've seen and my first reaction was i like it but it's, it's just a lot uh maybe i was being uh, projecting a little bit but uh yeah okay uh that aside uh let's get into a little bit of the characters and we can talk a little bit about like our favorite scenes and stuff um so this is the introduction of uh, of Mark's wife, uh, Layla. What are your thoughts on her uh, in particular? Well, she's like a good character. Um, from what I've read of the comic series, um, that character was not in the comics I read so far. The girlfriend of Stephen Grant slash Mark Spector was a in the comics a '70s blonde bombshell, much more in the lines of like a Playboy bunny who roamed around Egypt before working up with Mark Spector, so it's a very different character take than what was in the comic, which is good, because this is a much more interesting character than the one the comics had. Uh, she's great so far, and she's very much not at all clued into the uh, Stephen Lang personality, so we just cussed as if that's something that, you know, Mark Spector have created to protect her, or, you know, something that's happening as a result of being possessed by Khonshu, or being the avatar of Khonshu. Um, so we should see where that goes. And... Yeah, I, I, she shows up and is quite competent at trying to, you know, fight for Mark and get the scarab and get all the, uh, get away from the cult. So I'll be interested to see how they play her out and if she goes to Egypt with them as well. Yeah, I really liked her character as well. I thought, you know, she was, you know, really kind of, not spunky, that's not the right word, but, you know, she just had a lot of agency. Like, you know, she kind of knew what she wanted to do and did it. And as for um them sort of recasting 
the character versus what was probably published in the 70s. I kind of wonder if they did that because, um, you know, there's this whole problematic history of Westerners taking ancient Egyptian concepts and like weaving them into fantasies, but not acknowledging that contemporary Egyptians exist. And I did notice that Layla is um, played by an Egyptian Palestinian actress. And I kind of wonder if they're trying to compensate for that a bit, being like, all right, so we're going with this whole, you know, old school idea of ancient Egyptian gods. But at least we're putting in an actual Egyptian, like, contemporary character as well. 100%. And uh, she's from Raimi, too. So, like, totally makes sense from Hulu. But, yeah. Uh, Carissa, your thoughts? Uh, I just, so, when she showed up, it was interesting to me what the first thought that I had was, she knows what's going on. Um, this is and this this is a little bit of an origin story, but not because clearly there's a whole lot that's been going on before this show starts in Mark's world in Conchu's world, and she's a party to that more so than Stephen, who is who we're primarily getting through the story from. So it's interesting to me that she is. She knows, you know, she, she comes in as somebody with all of that backstory and, and we don't have it and neither does Steven. And so she's going to be interesting, I think, for helping integrate that backstory into what we as the audience get to see, what Steven gets to see. And then I like that, I really like how quickly she became a part of the story in the sense that. You know, at first she couldn't quite believe that she was maybe not getting jerked around by Mark. And then she, you know, quickly became fairly sympathetic to to Mark slash Stephen's situation and kind of gave him some some space and, you know, was willing to work with him a little bit during the fight scenes to be like, come on, you can do this. You know, you got to let go. You're going to have to let Mark in. She accepted it. and I, And I also really loved that. I'm, I'm always for the women, you know, not waiting to be damsels in distress. She steps up and she fights. She can't even see the thing. And she's finding ways to participate in the fight and using, you know, clever ways to locate this invisible monster and fight with them. So she's, as, it, as Mary said, I think she's going to have some agency. I think she's going to be crucial to help, not just with the plot, but also helping us as the audience understand who these characters are and what the story is. hundred percent. And like, I, I do think um, the fact that she was able to infiltrate the group too and kick some serious butt while at it. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, speaking of the group, uh, what were everyone's thoughts about cult leader, Ethan Hawke, Arthur and his, we should all, you know, prevent evil from happening and, even though we're apparently killing babies, <laughs> which is awful. But yeah, the Minority Report. Uh, Victor, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it reminded me a little bit of the Nixium cult, you know, because there's a line in that uh, HBO documentary where it's like, nobody sets out to join a cult. They want to join a good thing that gets out of hand quickly. So you can see a little bit of that where Stephen's in the room. It's like, oh, we have nice lentil soup, and oh, it's nice, and I have to run for anybody, and he understands this, and hey, we just want to make things better, and we do that by killing children who might be evil one day, and it's like, oh, there's there's the hook in that, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like Ethan Hawke a lot so far. Um, I, I like what he's bringing to it. Uh, I like that he's kind of, you know, made himself as ugly as Ethan Hawke could possibly look, I think, in this role, but we'll see how it goes from here. But, yeah, I'm very much enjoying his performance so far. 
though I'm not entirely sure, I, I do like his uh, message that he used to be, you know, the fist of Khonshu, and now he's doing something more hardcore than that, <laughs> which is going to be fun to see. Carissa or Mary, your thoughts on uh, <laughs> cult leader uh, Arthur? I feel like Victor said it all. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, it's also kind of fascinating how he's developed his cult, how, you know, he's like he has this kind of like little utopian community of sorts and the price is killing babies, I guess. But, you know, from their perspective, they're not killing babies. They're preventing evil. It's like that age old, like, you know, philosophical question. Like if you could go back in time and murder baby Hitler, knowing that would prevent the Holocaust, would you do it? And it's, you know, it's not as simple as I guess you'd think because it's like, huh, killing a baby or preventing the Holocaust. Hmm. The greater good. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, my thoughts, I guess, about that, I don't have anything to add about as far as Ethan Hawke. I am a Gen Xer who grew up with Ethan Hawke, and so he's always been kind of an icon of my generation, so I'm happy to see him still doing awesome things and um, still being relevant because he was a great talent, you know, in the 90s and in the early 2000s, so that's awesome. Um, Yeah, and we commented when he explained how his how he works with the gods with the um the balance of justice and so forth we all were saying you know minority report because basically he says Konshu reacts to evil whereas you know he's there to help rip evil out by the root before it happens and which is you know the premise of basically a minority report but you know my thoughts were you can see how easy how that was eventually manipulated and uh to be used to one person's goals and so you have to ask yourself if you're ethan hawk in this in this show is can i trust my goddess and is are her her goals and end games just and and are they good or or is she using me and manipulating me to achieve some selfish personal goal of her own. And that's, that's the risk you take when you go around killing babies. And so, you know, he feels pretty righteous right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that he's also being manipulated. Perhaps this is the sequel to Reality Bites. This is Ethan Hawke's character. If he got rejected, I would know a writer and became bitter and went off to Egypt or something. I was honestly going to say that this is more like uh, Before Sunrise, except it's the story of him and Conchu. Uh, Mary, you just said that you need to get going, so um, thank you for showing. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or thoughts about like your favorite scenes or and stuff like that? Since, um, since yeah. I guess final thoughts are, I feel like I still don't really know what's going on in the show, but not in a bad way, as in there's still a lot of mystery boxes to be opened. Um, one of the biggest one being who is the real personality, I guess, um, Stephen or Mark? Was he Mark all along and then Stephen emerged as a persona or the other way around? I'll be fascinated to see um, what the answer to that is. Yeah, thanks for showing up, Mary, and, and giving us your thoughts. And, you know, uh, I love our little watches together as, as the group, the, the, uh, the Furious Five, I forget the name, but yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll catch up and stuff later. Thanks for, thanks for dropping by. Um, yay. So, uh, Carissa and Victor, uh, your favorite things, or even thoughts about the episode overall, um, because I don't really have much else to say except, like, I, I like it. Uh, yeah. 
I like it. I said last week when we watched episode one that it was completely wackadoo, but in a way that I liked. That was not, you know, Mary kind of said that I was with her. I was like, I don't know how excited I am about this. Again, it felt, yeah, it felt kind of like homework. Like, oh, another Marvel thing that we have to watch, which is because we feel like we have to if we're MCU fans. And we've watched every MCU thing up until this point. So we have to watch this one. And I really was not too keen on it. I think I think Oscar Isaac was the only thing that was really selling it to me and his cool outfit or uh, suit. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Moon Knight suit. Yeah, the uh, Moon Knight think... suit. And now that we finally got to see a little more of that this week, I'm, I'm sold on that. And I, I'm really surprised by how much I like this. And I'm invested so far. I'm looking forward to next week. It wasn't what I was expecting, but I'm glad that we all decided to do this because it's been a surprising, um, a surprisingly good show so far. My favorite things this week were also, uh, Victor touched on it briefly, but I really, especially towards the end with the, um, climactic fight scene, there were some really great photo shots, cinematography shots that were very comic booky. And I love that, um, because I I feel like a lot of movies miss that these days. A lot of comic book movies miss that. And this one seemed to pay a little more homage to its um, source material. Even though I haven't seen the comics, there's just a general comic book look, you know, generally. And this seemed to pick up on that. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go back and look at some of those scenes again, just for the aesthetic pleasure of it. And then one other... One other thing that we haven't talked about, but somebody kind of mentioned it, and I want to say something about it before we all go, is, did anybody else hear Konshu make the comment to Mark that he, you know, they set it up to look like Mark was a um, hired gun who killed a bunch of... Uh, People for him, yeah, like an yeah, assassin. People, yeah, yeah, but then Konshu made it sound like he saved Mark. Like, he's what's keeping Mark's body going. So then that made me think that maybe Mark was mistaken as one of the the mercenaries, but he was actually one of the um, anthropologists or whatever, one of the archaeologists. To be honest, I think you might be spot on, because I, I did catch that too, and I was wondering. Uh, I think Victor, if anyone would know, given yeah. that he knows the comics of Victor. Yeah, this is explained in the comic books, at least in one of the retcons of his origin, and they'll probably address it next week, because I don't want to spoil it for you, but in the comics he is a mercenary, and he is attacking the archaeological site, but then other things happen that causes Kanchi to intervene and save him. But that's all I'll say for now. And I just want to add that, yes, my favorite thing in this show so far is the interaction of Oscar Isaac and Oscar Isaac as Mark and Steven, um, it just makes it a very, and it's, he does a great job in keeping the two personas separate, because right now, I really enjoy watching Steven being, um, you know, discount Hugh Grant in Notting Hill here in one part of his personality, and then dealing with Mark Spector, the hardened mercenary, in the other, and they're back and forth. And I really like Steven, I also really want to see Mark Spector stomp on people as Moon Knight, so it's a very fun conflict in the show to have. And yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes now. I like the TV series that they feel like they can take some chances, like this show, like WandaVision, like they can do some things you wouldn't get in one of the movies where you have to have a two and a half hour runtime and set up something else and, you know, get your plot points. You can make a little more detours for some unexpected things, and I like that about the series on Disney+. Plus. 
and we'll see where this one goes next, I think. Uh, yeah, totally. And um, so far, uh, I think I think one of the things that really makes this really in uh, interesting is the um, but the the styles are very different. It's a little bit of horror. It's a lot of comedy, which I was really worried at first that they would poke fun at like DID symptoms and stuff. But it's so far been working, I think, pretty well. They, they do it pretty tastefully. And it's nothing that uh, I found overly offensive. Um, you know, people on the Internet will argue over anything. But um, yeah, uh, I like Oscar Isaac. I like the show. I'm curious about where it goes, um, especially because uh, for some reason there was like this unanimous, not unanimous, but like the show's been very 50-50. Like, um, a lot of people got early screeners and so there was like this sort of like ha i think half the people were like in love with it the other half were like i'm not entirely sure what's to think of it um but it's it's definitely unique and definitely different and i think because of that alone uh, it's warranting like the uh the accolades the the, the buzz that it's getting uh, it just reminds me of wandavision honestly of in terms of uh how everyone seems to be talking about this one um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of everything. Are there any final thoughts, like, or anything that you guys wanted to say, uh, since, uh, I think, well, I think we'll just wrap the podcast here. So yeah. Uh, any final thoughts or things or, or even things you want to promote, uh, Victor? No final thoughts. Just uh, looking forward to seeing it again next week. It's been very plus satisfying so far. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at VG Katano, and you can find my books on amazon.com and other places you find books online. Oh, Krista? Yep. Uh, I'm with, you know, as I said earlier, I didn't think I was all that interested in this, but I'm already in second episode. I'm hooked. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. It may help that I'm watching it with you guys, which makes it a lot more fun. I look forward to that a whole lot. But even without that, I think I would be enjoying this more than I thought I would. I agree with you about it being like WandaVision in that it's taking some chances and it's experimenting with some things and so far I have found those things to be successful. It is a lot more unique than what we've seen from other MCU properties. It's not at all predictable. Um, so I've enjoyed that. And uh, as for self-promotion, Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and especially if you're into um, you know, geek culture or whatever. I'd love to be um, social media friends with you. Um, Carissa Laurel, at Carissa Laurel. Um, and the latest thing I'm promoting is an episodic steampunk zombie story on Kindle Vela that is called serendipity at the end of the world and you can find out more about it if you find me on twitter or on my website which is carissalaurel.com and it's awesome we reviewed a uh an episode earlier and it, it was fantastic I, I love zombies i love what you're doing because yeah it's it's cool um all right, and thanks everyone for tuning in for these Moon Knight uh, reviews. We've got another one uh, next week, and then we'll be taking a break for episode, uh, I think it's episode four. So yeah, definitely tune in. Uh, thanks, uh, you know, Victor, Carissa, Mary for, for guesting and for talking Moon Knights. And um, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun editing this podcast and and uh, and that's kind of it uh we'll we'll talk about more more nights soon after uh thanks everyone <laughs> take care thanks for having us talk to y'all later looking forward to next week